Hello, Spotlight friends. Welcome to another episode of Ave Spotlight. Today, I am with my friend, Jessica Thornton. This is our second time attempting to record this. We're so grateful that it is finally working. Thank God for um, technology that benefits all of us. So I'm really excited to hear all about Lion and Lamb and talk all about summer reading and, you know, children's books and really just helping children strive for virtue in a way that's entertaining and, you know, a good investment of their time. Nothing like diving into a good book. And something for you to ponder, Jessica, that I'm going to ask you at the end, but I'll give you like time to think about it. I would love to know what your favorite book was as a child. So I'm asking you now so you can have enough time to think about it. So that'll be your question for the end. But um, in the meantime, Jessica, I would love for you to just, you know, introduce yourself for everyone that's listening. Well, hello, listeners. My name is Jessica and I love books. My first job when I turned 16 years old was a page in the library at our local library. The page is the teenager who puts all the books away. and that was my first job. I've worked in public libraries and school libraries since then. And I've been a first grade teacher and a homeschool teacher. I blogged for 10 years about books and I'm back working with books again. So my job is reading and shopping for books. The greatest job ever. Wow. God heard you and then said, sounds good. And absolutely hooked you up. That's amazing. Well, how did you get connected with Lion and Lamb? And then also, how did that whole thing start? So Lion and Lamb is a product of Catholic.store. And Catholic.store wanted to promote a subscription box for kids that are books, subscription box boxes out there for kids, but they're not Catholic. So you have no idea what content you're getting. And if you've been to your local public library this June, you've probably seen uh, some questionable content being showcased in public libraries. So the idea was to create a box of books for Catholic kids. So the books, they're not all totally Catholic. For example, they're not all about nuns or sacraments or Bible stories, but they're all appropriate for Catholics to read. They all strive for truth, beauty, and goodness whether or not they mention God ever in the entire text. And that's kind of the idea behind good art, you know, good fine arts, music, painting, sculpture, literature, poetry. It's supposed to drive us toward God or the truth, capital T, the beautiful and the good. And that's what our box does is promote those ideas for kids in a selection of storybooks, sometimes nonfiction, but usually stories. I absolutely love that. I And that's funny that you said they're not all about nuns because I have a four-year-old goddaughter who's just starting to learn how to kind of intake words and then output like actual contextual language, which is hard because, I mean, for um, myself and her parents, when we're talking to each other, we'll spell out words because Noelle doesn't quite know how to spell yet, but now she's like becoming a little bit more keen. And so... I can't spell cookies anymore without yeah. her knowing what I'm talking about, which is kind of sad. Um, uh-huh. But I just got her a book. I believe it was written by Haley Stewart on some little nuns that are mice and like their little adventures. And it's so fun and so cute. And I just love being able to read her something that's fun, but also something that is 
that is wholesome and also something that teaches a good lesson. And so right. I'm, I'm curious, you know, you've worked in so many, so many of those, you know, spaces of like consumption of art media that, you know, what is your input on what is the importance of making sure that we do have our art media strive for transcendentals like truth, beauty and goodness? You know, what is I mean, does it really matter kind of what our children input in terms of like they're reading lots of fantasy things that kind of have no purpose or like what is the importance of kind of getting in there? Because your your selections as well, like your boxes are, you know, have, have different age groups. So then why do you guys kind of do that? So one of my very first blog posts was kind of on this topic. And it's kind of like think of like a healthy diet for a child. You want them to have all the food groups and you want them to eat a certain number of fruits and vegetables every day and whole grains and protein. And the occasional marshmallow is fine. Like it's okay to read, you know, a Pinkalicious book or something that's totally trite and secular every now and then, but you wouldn't want to feed your child marshmallows all the time. So what we're trying to do is promote really quality books. And as a mother of several children in a confined space, I understand that people are like, oh, I have so many books. So I always say our books are worthy of your shelf space. And I am like 100% pro public library. And I try very hard not to spend money on my own books. You find that rare gem or that, you know, true treasure, and it's worth the space on your shelf in your home. And that's what I'm trying to provide for you is that um, you don't have to go into the weeds and try to find the needle in the haystack. I've done it for you. Everything you're getting in the box is a really good book and it's worth your shelf space. That's amazing. And so how do you find these books and then how do you vet them? Like what what is that process? I mean, there's so much content out there. And so I'd be I'm curious about like how do y'all find you know, things for different age groups. And then what are you looking for when you read through them? So a lot of it is other recommendations. So for example, I did a podcast interview very similar to this one in the fall. And the host asked me if I had heard of a book. I'd never heard of it. It was actually published in the 50s. I got a copy. I loved it. It's actually in the summer box for the oldest age group. And, um, and it was a wonderful book. So something like that, word of mouth, I, um, I, because I've been doing it for almost a year now, I have a pretty good relationship with a lot of the publishing houses and they will send me the new releases for their like Christian Catholic readers, or there's a couple of awards given in the literary community that are decent. I mean, not every Newberry is going to be a great wholesome book today, but there are some awards that are pretty good. So I try to keep abreast of what books are winning the awards. I've actually started talking to some authors that I've enjoyed. One of the authors, she has a book in the lion box. I think it's a bestseller. She I messaged her on Instagram. She referred me to three or four other authors. I'm reading all of their books now. So it's kind of like a grassroots thing. I find about one book. I talk to the author. I talk to the publisher. I find more books in the same vein. But it's really a lot of reading. And when I, I was a blogger, the whole point of my blog was to review, read and review secular books for Catholic kids because right. my daughters were coming home from middle school and saying, I saw so-and-so reading The Girl Who Kicked the Hornet's Nest. I don't know if you ever, it's an adult book. It's incredibly graphic, very abusive. And I was like, 
oh, no, 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 this is terrible. And there has got to be more out there. And so I started, it helped that I worked in the library. I was able to read all the literary journals and find the books that are being written that are actually good. And that's another thing that I believe that I did. I have worked with Catholic school librarians on both ends of the spectrum. I worked in a library where they threw out anything that had been published before 1990 because the covers were ugly. And I have worked with librarians who wouldn't put anything on the shelf that had been published after 1960. And I really believe that there are writers today that are writing content that is safe and meshes with our Catholic worldview and has nothing objectionable in it. Will there be villains? Yes. Will there be sin? Yes. I believe every good story has a person trying to be good. It's not all about a good person who's already good and it's easy to be good. I mean, there has to be a struggle there. But the idea is that when a person does something wrong, they're trying to change their life or they're trying to make amends. And that's what makes a good story. That's beautiful. And some of my favorite stories growing up were just simple stories of like good and evil and just reading about that character triumphing over something that they were having a hard time with or even reading like Juna B. Jones growing up and hearing about how she didn't want to go to school. And then at the end, how she learned about how great school is. And I, I remember being like, wow, good for her. And like really learning the the difference between like, you know, I don't know, good feelings and hard feelings and navigating, you know, things that you might want to do, but might not be the most virtuous things to do. But at the time, I can't really discern whether that's virtuous or not, but I know whether it's good or bad. And right. so that's great to be able to to provide that for young people. And so you keep mentioning different age groups for different boxes. And I would love to hear more about what are the different age groups that y'all serve? Okay, so the box is called Lion and Lamb, but it starts with duckling. So we have a box that's called the duckling box and that's zero to four. It's pre-readers. So these are books that you or a caregiver is going to read to the child. It's a lot of board books. It's a lot of pictures. Some of them are wordless picture books, actually. So they're designed for the youngest set, like toddler, you know, the blossoming preschooler. And then the next level is the lamb. And it's five to eight, which technically, like by educational standards, that's technically two reading levels. But for convenience sake, we kind of squash it into one box. And so that would explain why that is our top selling age group, because it is a little bit broader than every other age group. So that's going to have a lengthier plot based story, a lot of picture books and some early chapter books, but nothing that you still can't sit down and read to your child. But also appropriate for the child who's learning to read on their own. Wow. So kind of a springboard between the pre-reading to our lion box, which is ages, it says ages nine to 12. I think it's nine and up. I like the books in the lion box. We don't have a teen box. And I think these books are totally fine for teens. Some of them, they might find too juvenile, but a lot of them are not juvenile at all, or they're just really timeless stories. 9 to 12 is definitely chapter books, or we've done some nonfiction books about, we did one called Cathedral. It was a Caldecott winning book written in the 70s about, it's got gorgeous architectural drawings on how cathedrals are built. And that was a really neat, it's actually, there is a story to it, the story is fictional, but the the geometry and the architecture and the math and the science and, and the 
time commitment it takes to make a cathedral. I thought that was all really interesting. It's very yeah. historical. So that's an example of a lion book. So those are the three different levels. I love that. That's beautiful. So now I know that my goddaughter's four, so she still has like plus years to just keep on reading those books. So right. that's amazing. And that's that's great that families can also do it together. Uh-huh. I think that that's a great thing. So unfortunately, we are nearing the end of our episode. I am so grateful that you have given us so much of your time. You're amazing. And I love what y'all are doing. And so now we're going to circle back to that original question that I asked you. What was your favorite book as a child? So when I was little, I had this very mysterious great uncle Jack who lived in California who I had never met. And he showed up one night at our house. We lived in St. Louis and he brought my sister and I each a book and he gave my sister Grimm's fairy tales, the original. Oh my god! And he gave me Little Women and it was thick, like a phone book, the original. And that was the first big girl book I'd ever read. And it was a beautiful edition. And that was like the diving board for me to just explore fiction and reading. And I loved that book. And then I read my sister's Grimm's Fairy Tales, which is super gory, but also fascinating. Wow. Yeah. I'm like, whoa, what a read. Oh my gosh. Well, that's amazing. Wow. That's a wonderful answer. I had just seen Little Women, the movie for the first time. Like both of them. I saw, okay, so I saw the one with um, like the original one. Winona Ryder. With Winona Winona Ryder. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that one a couple years ago for the first time. And then I saw the new one and I liked the old one more. It was very good. Uh I and and then I bought the book as well. And I'm about a quarter of the way through um, and it's pretty thick, (laughs) but it's very good. I love books that kind of illustrate what's going on. I feel like I'm in their beautiful little house in like the middle of winter and it's like so cute. Yeah. Um, But uh, but I would also have loved to read it without seeing the movies. And then maybe I could have imagined the context more. That's okay. Uh Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm looking forward to it. I have also never seen Pride and Prejudice, but I bought the book. So I'm going to read it first and then see oh, if... good the, for you. Good yeah, and then see if the movie like matches the... Because I know a mm-hmm. lot of my friends like love that book. So you're not going to watch the Kira Knightley version, are you? You're going to start I with don't like know. the Colin what do people Firth like? miniseries. Okay. You need got the Colin it. Firth miniseries. That's like okay. the, the gold standard. Okay, got it. Because I Googled like Pride and Prejudice movies mm-hmm. and there's like 10 different series mm-hmm. and movies. So I wasn't sure which one. But the Pride and Prejudice Kara Knightley one is on Netflix. So that one is a no, you think? You could watch that after Colin Firth, but I highly recommend Colin Firth. Okay, pro tips, pro tips. Thank you so much. I will do that. So awesome. So where can people find out more about you and more about Lion and Lamb? So Catholic.store has a whole landing page for Lion and Lamb. You can pick any box. You can subscribe for a whole year. You can gift a subscription or you can buy just a one-time box. You can just order the summer box today. It's, I think we're selling it through July. And then we're going to have our fall box come out pretty shortly after that. And you can even, especially like a lot of people, send them as gifts to godchildren. So that's another fabulous idea, especially for people who need a communion gift or a confirmation gift. These are wonderful ways to incorporate our faith and provide a fun faith-based gift. Awesome. I love that. Well, thank you so much, Jessica. And we'll make sure to put more information about Lion and Lamb in our show notes so people can check that out. And we will be praying for you. And we're so grateful for your time today. Thank you, Chanel. You're doing a great job here. Ah, Thank you. (laughs) 
we're all we're all trying. So yeah. Um, so thank you so much, and we're looking forward to talking with you soon. All right. Thanks. Thank you guys so much for listening and thank you to Jessica for being our guest. We'll make sure to put the website for Lion and Lamb in our show notes so y'all can check it out. In the meantime, I'll be praying for you. Please pray for me. God bless. Talk to you soon. This podcast is part of the Spoke Street Network. For more great podcasts, visit Spokestreet.com.